I guess that video, our media department is so good. We're like, oh, we'd like to do this thing with color. Have you got something like a good black and white? And then it becomes color. And Daniel's like, yeah, yeah. And I'll add them in like one at a time. Thought that was uh, awesome. He just did a, a great job. Thought it'd be cool as well, maybe just to announce some family uh, news this morning. Uh, uh, speaking of our media team, Luke Stevenson and his wife, Susan, have had a baby girl, Mia Aubrey. Uh, there she is in all her glory. So they've been uh, celebrating uh, this week, which is cool. And uh, also, it's awesome to see Bianca down there as well. Bianca and Jay are engaged. I hope it's all right that I mentioned that. It was on social media, so I assume it was fine. But congratulations. I think uh, Jay's still recovering from all these sneaky efforts. He's out in the, the foyer. Congratulations, brother. Very, uh, very, uh, you can get the story. I, I saw some photos and I felt tired just looking at it. Uh, the two of you are always so full of energy, but congratulations. Uh, it's so good. And we are starting today this, this new series, uh, Color uh, Your World. We realize that our world is, is not black and white. It's, it's, as we know, we, we see in color. And I believe as the, the people of God, we are made to interact and bring color and light into our world. And uh, we're going to be looking and this series kind of started out, out of Imagine Conference. Is anyone at Imagine Conference? That's good. Second service. We're, we're doing much better already. Uh, you know, much better attendance at Imagine than earlier. But, you know, we, we heard this talk from Hank Fortner, our speaker there, who talked about color. And, and for many of you who are there, you would hear this. And we thought it'd be great to be able to dive into that a little bit more. Like, there was a lot there. I felt like I was writing notes faster than I could uh, write them. And, he was, and so I've watched that again. I'm like, man, there's so much good in... Uh, what he shared, and we thought we'd break this down and, and really have a look uh, over the next few weeks at a bunch of these colors and see what uh, they would say about our world and how we interact with our world. And then how does that, as followers of God, as people who are being disciples of uh, Jesus out in our world, how do we interact with this and make our world a better place? Does that sound good? Yeah. So today we're looking at the color orange. Anyone orange, your favorite color? Yeah, yes. Wow. That's awesome. I thought you might be wearing orange. Maybe it's been encouraging. That's all right. I thought about wearing orange. I really don't suit it. So look, put it this way. Last week, I spilled coffee on my shirt before I was preaching. And I thought, oh no, what am I going to do? So I started doing what any good person does and started rummaging through the youth like offices. Going, surely someone's got a hip shirt and here I can borrow. They were all orange. And I was like, oh man, I can't do it. So I'm like scrubbing my shirt. I'm like, oh, well, I opted for the coffee stain over the orange. But uh, I don't pull it off. But I, I do uh, love the topic of what orange invokes in us. So the, the whole idea of this is when people see a color, it does something to our minds. And orange uh, does this. It, it brings vitality and adventure. And so when we see orange, it should bring energy to our lives. You know, uh, they're saying if you just sniff orange, like if you're walking past and there's orange juice there or you're a bit weird and you like to sniff. And have you seen people do that? They like, sniff citrus. Like, what are you doing? I don't know, but they do it. It automatically, 8 to 10% involuntarily will increase the energy that you feel and that you're, you're carrying. So there is something about this idea of the color orange that is about adventure and vitality. You know, I remember playing football uh, as a young kid. We'd always have the halftime oranges. I don't ever think they gave me any more energy. In fact, you know what we used to do is replace our mouth guards on the ground and then use the orange peel and we get in huge trouble. They're like, you could joke on that. I'm like, oh, I don't know, it's cool, it's orange. Like it's gonna give me more energy on the field. It never did. I never played any better as a result of oranges, but we used to love the halftime orange. And so today we're gonna have a look at if we're meant to be people of adventure, energy, vitality, 
Uh, and that's a part of what our world is looking for and what they interact with when they see the color orange. What does that mean for us as disciples of Christ going out into our world? To bring the idea of orange into our world. And so we're going we're gonna to have a look at that this morning. Is that all right? We're going we're gonna to get into uh, some scripture. And Jesus in, in Matthew is, is preaching a, a message and he's, he's out with the crowds and the people and he's, he's been doing all this teaching and then he shares this here to the people and he says this, he says, you are the salt of the earth, but what good is salt if it's lost its flavor? Can you make it salty again? It will be thrown out and trampled underfoot as worthless. You know, Jesus looks at the people and he says, you are the salt of the earth. And when we read that, you look then and go, yep, in that context, he's, he's saying, you are the salt of the earth. But I believe today as we read that, it's the same for us. But you know, the salt uh, of the earth in this scenario was a, a little bit different and, and I, I, I dabble in chemistry. I don't, I just read this. I know nothing about chemistry. But what I do know is that the compound that was used for salt often in this context was not just pure salt. Like pure salt, if it loses its saltiness, it's because it's gone. Like it disintegrates into kind of nothing. It's gone. There's no salt left. But in this situation, salt, because it was mixed with some different compounds, could actually lose its saltiness. And so what Jesus is saying is, what good is this salt here, this, this compound, this mixture, if it has no salt or flavor left? What they would do with it is the use it became for us. It was thrown in the garden. It was thrown in the pathways. It was thrown in the bin. It was trampled on. It was no use for anything. And so when we read this, we realize when he says, you are the salt of the earth. I don't know about you, but I don't want to be flavorless salt. Because it says, what, what good is salt with no flavor? And so when we look at the world that we go into, we need to be salt in our world. Now, I don't know about you, but I've met plenty of people who have had interactions with salty Christians. Uh, some of those people have probably had interactions with a salty Ryan at some point. And it doesn't take long before having a conversation with someone before you realize they've formed an opinion on God, on, on Christians, on church. What on? Based on the what? The interaction they've had with God's people. And we're not called to be salty. We're called to be Salt. You hear there? Not salty, but salt. And so we are called to add flavor to the world that we live in. And salt has a couple of uh, functions. And the, the first one is this. It's, it's, a, it's to preserve life. Preservation. Salt in the context of, uh, you know, this time, and right up until we pretty much had fridges, uh, was to preserve food. It would preserve meat. It would keep it alive. It would keep it Good to eat. You didn't have used by dates. You'd put salt in there. And then now, depending on your level of adventure, you'll decide whether how far past that used by date you're willing to go. <laughs> I was with someone at a barbecue the other day. I was like, I don't think you should be cooking that. But uh, they, they just kept going. They were cool with that. I'm like, right on. But I think sometimes we've got this idea of preservation in our minds and we live that out pretty well. But sometimes I think it's more about adding flavor for us as God's people than it is about preservation. See, I think we're really good at going into self-preservation. We're good at following the rules. We're good at having routine. We're good at going, I, I, I need to figure out what's right and I need to do that. I need to play it safe. You know, that's preservation. And I think sometimes we think it's our role to preserve life. 
and we look at those people and go, you're going down a road of destruction. You need some preservation. And so the way we do that is we, we let them know. And sometimes that can come across as salty and telling people what to do and maybe being judgmental. And I'm not saying that as followers of Christ, we don't have a call to preserve. I think we do. But I don't think our calling is preservation. I think our calling and what Jesus might be getting at here is that our calling is to add flavor to the world that we live in. You know, I uh, often on a Friday afternoon, we'll race home, grab my kid from Compass, stop through the shops, get some snacks, because I'm, I'm a little bit obsessed with Friday night football. So uh, it's on hiatus at the moment, so it's good. Like I don't have eight games of football to watch in a weekend, so I'm finding I've got heaps more time. But I would always run through the shops. This particular day, I was in a hurry. I'm like, I want some peanuts. So I grabbed some peanuts and put them through the counter. I ran. Normally, Cal, I'd go for the Red Rock kind of, you know, nuts. Has anyone had Red Rock, on a side note, Red Rock nut there? That, like, do yourself a favor, best peanuts on the market. They're awesome. But I was in such a rush, I just grabbed, I got home, I sat down, I ripped open my bag of peanuts. I start like, oh, there's something very wrong with these nuts. <laughs> Check the use-by date. I'm like, nope, they're good. Didn't even know if peanuts could go out of date, but they were bad. And I start reading the packaging, and it says, unsalted nuts. And so instead of my peanuts being salty, I was salty. I threw them out and sat and watched with my arms folded, unhappy with what I found. But you know, that example can be the way that we live out our life in our world. We're just a little bit unsalted, a little bit bland, a little bit plain, maybe not a lot different about how we live our life. Maybe people don't feel like we've added flavor to their life coming into contact with us. You know, when we're talking about vitality, you know what we need is flavor. Because what does flavor do? What happens if you eat too many chips in one sitting? I, I'm an expert at this. You get real thirsty. Salt, I believe, creates thirst. You know, when we add flavor to our world, when we're about having adventure and vitality and, and energy and people seeing that color, what better job do God's people have than to add flavor to their world? That when people go, ah, oh, what is that? Because it hasn't said anything, but what is it about you and what you're doing and when I encounter you and I interact with you? And it leaves me kind of feeling a little bit different. You know what? It leaves them feeling thirsty. Because what they're seeing and what they're encountering is actually the things of God in you. And they want, well, I probably want to know a little bit more about that. We should be creating a thirst for God. It's not about preservation, knowing all the answers, getting it all right, not rocking the boat. It's actually about adding flavor to the world that we live in. You know, I reckon the way this happens in our life is, is this. It's a simple word. It's creativity. I uh, remember the time I started looking after our creative department, and it was a challenge for me because I felt like I wasn't creative. I bumped into someone in the foyer that I hadn't seen for a while after the first service. He goes, you thought that? We all thought that too. He happened to be on our team at the time. I was like, thanks, man. Uh, I'm glad you didn't say it then, but, you know. But what I feel like God was, has been speaking to me over a long period of time is that Everyone is creative. You know, we are all different. Every single one of us are different. Uniquely created by God, which gives us creativity. You might feel like you don't fit in a box of creativity. I know I certainly don't. I can't join these guys. I don't make great graphics or videos, but there's creativity in me because of how God has created me to be and how the way I live my life and who I am and the uniqueness that I have. You know, if we want to bring flavor to our world, we need to live with creativity. The creativity of God inside of us. 
that allows us to think outside of the box, to see things differently, that leaves people going, wow, when I hang out with that guy, things feel different. I don't know about you, but often I wake up and I'm probably more in the unsalted nut category. What do I got to do today? What's my routine? What don't I want to forget? What do I need to do? How do I play it safe? And I go through those things and sometimes I can get to the end of the day and go, did I, like, what, did I, what, what did I do today? Brush past, have interactions with people. They're not, in, they're not thought through. They're not creative. And I get to the end of the day and it's just another day. And I think, wow, did, did anything I did interacting with anyone else bring flavor to their world? Or was I just like everybody else? You are a creative person because you are called and created by God to be salt in the world that you live. Let's uh, continue on. Uh, I love these verses and, and Jesus continues and he, and he says this. He says, you are the light of the world, like a city on a hilltop that cannot be hidden. No one lights a lamp and then puts it under a basket. Instead, a lamp is placed on a stand where it gives light to everyone in the house. In the same way, let your good deeds shine out for all to see. So everyone will praise your heavenly father picture of lights. I was uh, in the, the barbers uh, a little while ago and one of the questions that I used to come to dread and now I've just become comfortable with the uncomfortableness of it is what do you do? You know, like after a while and you're like, great, okay, I, I'm a pastor, I work for a church, you know, uh, just around the corner and that will just get you a mixed bag depending on what kind of salt people have been in the past, you know. They'll give you the interaction of what they think of church. Maybe they'll just go be like, cool. And then the worst one is they're like, oh, that's cool. And then they say nothing else to you like the rest of the time you're in there <laughs> until they like say tap your card. Then you know you're in trouble. <laughs> like anything else you can kind of deal with. But this girl, she's like, what church do you go to? And I tell her, she's like, where is it? And I'm like, one's in Merrill, one's in Malaloo. And we're talking through, she's like, oh, that Malaloo, is that the Malaloo church of the carols? And I'm like, yeah, right on, it is. And so we start talking, she says, I love Christmas. And I'm like, yeah, me too. <laughs> It's fun. And she's like, I love that you guys do that. It's so much fun. And you know, you're like our family, we love Christmas. We do Christmas lights. And I'm like, oh, cool. You like, what, you put some lights up? She says, yeah, we live, in, um, we live in Connolly on this street. And I'm like, oh, that street? And she's like, yeah. I'm like, what kind of house are you? You know, like, she's like, we're on the corner. Like, we, you know, we're like, oh, the lights go up. And I'm like, so you're not one of those other houses with them? And she just frowns. And she's like, yep, there's two houses, always dark. <laughs> She's like, you know, it's so dark, in fact, that when you walk past their houses, like all the internal lights are turned off as well. <laughs> it's like, we can't be seen, like we have to be so different that we can't even turn our normal lights on for a month. Like, I wonder if they go away or like, what, what's the mentality? It's like, it is like pitch black, right? And she's like, that, you know, she, and so we were just talking and I'm like, it's, it's crazy, isn't it? How light just attracts people. It's bold, it's bright. It can be subtle and still just make such a huge difference because when it's not on, you notice. And I think there's this, this boldness and brightness about light that Jesus is talking here, similar to the salt, that we are called to live like that. I have a friend uh, called John Mez, uh, and he is a, a pastor. He just preached our man camp. And I think, was it you or Phil that kind of said, like, he was like the ultimate man camp speaker because he, like, encapsulates everything about man camp in an individual. And you can't count the amount of times I've been with him where he's like, we should do this. I'm like, oh, bro, I don't know. 
that seems a bit out there. And he's like, it'll be fun. You know, that's always his response. He's like, we should try this. We've, like, we've got like thousands of teenagers at some youth alive. He's like, we should do this thing where we get them and we like hang them off this thing. And I'm like, uh, he's like, it'll be fun. And I'm like, okay, cool. Man camp was another one of those moments where we've gone down to the river for a swim. Some of the guys, the first time one of the, the boys has this huge four-wheel drive. He's like, can I, do you want to come down with me? I'm like, yeah, right on. I don't like walking through there. So he like takes us down and down all this muddy terrain. And I'm like, actually, like, why are you here? Do you reckon you could just back your car into the water far enough that I could just jump in and just go straight for a swim? He's like, yeah. So he like backs the car up. We get straight out into the water. And then we kind of go for a swim. We leave. We go to go back down. I'm like, oh, where is he? He's not here. All right, I'll walk down, I suppose. I'll slum it. So I'm like walking down. Then I hear this like horn just being held down. And I'm like, what's going on? We turn. There's people jumping out the way. And here's John Meds in a Honda Civic, like banged up Honda Civic, driving it as hard as he can down this muddy terrain to get to the river because he saw someone else do it. And not only that, he's like got our senior pastor. He's got fear on the car. And he's like, I'm like did you think you'd make it? He's like, oh, I was pretty confident I could, but I had no real idea later. You know. But he just lives a life of adventure. And when you're with those people, sometimes you're like, I don't know if I'm going to live or die, or I don't know if we're going to make it, or I'm not sure what's going to happen with this thing. But you know what? He's right. Like most of the time, most of the time, it's fun. Every now and again, something might go wrong. Every now and again, something might not go your way. But for the bulk of the time, you go on an adventure and it's full of fun, maybe a lot of risk. But you know what? You leave and you feel energized because you've done something maybe you've never done before. Maybe you were forced to get out of your comfort zone. Maybe you were forced to take a risk that maybe you wouldn't have taken because someone did that. You know what? As the people of God, we're called to be people of adventure, which sometimes involves taking a risk. Maybe it's just taking a small risk of doing something different to what everybody else is doing in your environment, actually being a bright light. You know, I love what Jesus says uh, here, and it, and it says that, you know, it's not about how much we can talk. I wish it was, because I can talk a lot. But it says, let your good deeds shine out for all to see. So he's like, you're a, you're a city on a hill. You should be this bright light. It should be contagious. It should be adventurous. It should be bright for everyone to see. It should point people towards me. But you know what points people there? It's our deeds. It's the thing that we do. I heard a quote a little while ago that said, the church was the most successful in its history when it did the jobs that nobody else wanted to do. I don't think I'll ever forget that. The church was at the peak of its, I guess, powers, not when it was trying to preserve culture or what's right or wrong, not when they're trying to play it safe, but when it would do the jobs that nobody else wanted to do. Because it's our deeds that point people towards Christ. And if we want to be a bright light in the world that we live, our deeds, our actions, the things that we do, the way that we live our life should scream the color orange of adventure and energy. I love the things that we do together as a church. Things like carols. These great things. I love that we, we have these facilities that we have that are supposed to be you know, places of hope where people can come. They're a bright light in the community. Even this morning, I was talking to a guy, probably at one of his lowest points. Not sure what to do, he just came right on in. I'm like, can I get you a coffee? He's like, oh, I'll pay you back. I'm like, don't worry about it. He's like, can I have a coffee with five sugars? I was like, you can have three. Uh, you know, I'm like, That's, I was probably being a bit preserving. But, you know, he's like, five. I'm like, three. Uh, but at his lowest point, he comes in has a conversation. You know what my hope was? I didn't solve his problems. I actually just, I physically couldn't. I didn't actually know what to do. 
But you know what? He, he, he left with a smile on his face. And my hope would be that he left feeling just a little bit better than what he came in. And that's what we're called to do. And it's who we're called to be. But you can't do it without adventure and you can't do it without risk. God's people should be the most adventurous, the most fun. As, as you've been saying, Dean, we should throw the best parties. We should bring energy to the places we're in, bright colored lights. I love the way the message puts this. It says this, it says, here's another way to put it. You're here to be light, bringing out the God colors in the world. God is not a secret to be kept. We're going public with this, as public as a city on a hill. If I make you light bearers, you don't think I'm gonna hide you under a bucket, do you? I'm putting you on a light stand. Now that I've put you there on a hilltop, on a light stand, shine, keep open house, be generous with your lives. By opening up to others, you'll prompt people to open up with God, this generous Father in heaven. Be generous with your lives. Open up to others. That takes quite a lot of risk. The team are gonna come and uh, join us and we're gonna, we're gonna spend some time singing in a second and wanna give us some time to maybe reflect on what does it look like for us to, to partner with God. With, you know, and we're gonna sing a song that talks about Sometimes how we might feel like we're not enough, but with God, we are. And it talks about dry bones awakening. I, I love that thought, that God's people would be awakened by His Holy Spirit to make a difference in the world. I've got these friends uh, that we spend a bit of time with and we interact with, and they had kids probably a little bit before we did, and they started thinking about school, and they've never come to church, never wanna come to church. Carol's has been too big a stretch even in that regard. They're just... They're closed off in their mind. So there's nothing I can say, no invite I can give them. And so I just started going, I'm just not gonna talk about church anymore. Like I'm just gonna be a person, be a normal person. Might just, you know, whatever. And he comes up to me, him and his wife, they go, oh, we're thinking about like uh, going to, putting our kids in Christian school. Could you write a, like a pastoral reference for us? And I was like, firstly, no. Uh, secondly, why? <laughs> and he was like, well, firstly, why not? And I was like, because you don't come to my church. I can't write you a reference that says, you're asking a pastor. I know I've been cool with you and all, but I, I, like, I draw the line at line, you know? And he's like, but you're my pastor. I'm like, no, bro, I'm not. Like, it's not how it works. And we're having this conversation. I said, like, let's just park that. Why? Like, why do you want to send them to a Christian school? You're not into that gear. There's a million private schools in Perth you could send them to that don't hold Christian values. I know this one does. They're going to teach your kids religious education. And he's like, they said, oh, We've hung out with you and, and, and Zoe and, and we've met a lot of your friends and there's just something about what we see in your lives that we really like. And I'm like, it's God. You know, like, he's like, you're all the same. We kind of just feel different and we, we maybe we want our kids to learn a little bit more about that. And then I was like, could I take them to church? And they're like, absolutely not. <laughs> I was like, do you want to come to church? I like, absolutely not. I'm like, great, so words still aren't working for me. And then they're like, one day maybe you can take them. So I'm like, hanging on to the one day, you know. But here's what I learned from that. Every interaction that they seemed to have with someone that knew God left them feeling a certain way. As my friends opened up their lives to them, were generous with conversation and, and spending time with them. They'd come to a lot of parties where they, they didn't know anyone because they were coming with us. And all these, I'd look to go, oh, I better go and embrace. Oh, there's like people all around them. They realized there was something different going on based on who they were interacting with. You know what it is? It's salt and it's light. And it can't always be said. It's not an articulate message. You don't have to be a, a fancy communicator. You know what you have to do is go out into your world and not hide your light, but actually shine it. 
I love that phrase in the message where it says, I'm going public with this. Our faith is not, we're not spies. Like we're not sent out to be spies and scout land and, and kind of be sneaky about. We're actually called to go and be salt and to be light, to add flavor and be bright and be bold and live lives where people see it and go, maybe they've never walked through the, the, the doors of a church, but you know what? Because of the light, they, in their darkness, they see something else and go, what is that? And there's an opportunity to go, it's, it's Jesus. I just wonder if as a people, we could change the opinion of what people think of God and the church based on shining a bright light into dark spaces, to be bold and adventurous, to take risks. But you know what? Maybe they won't pay off. Maybe sometimes that's the problem with risks. Sometimes it doesn't go our way and we're like, oh. But you know what? Risk is, is going again. To be bold enough to go again, to add flavor, to, to leave people with a thirst for more. And that more being Jesus. That's the kind of life I want to live. And I feel like as, a, as our church, we, we, we do this so well in some spaces. And I know there's things I get to be a part of. And I'm like, man, I, I love being a part of that because what I get to see, you know, Alpha and with, I, because of what I get to be a part of. But then I look and go, a bunch of people took a risk on, on inviting someone else into that that may not have liked it. That's a risk. But they took it and look, it was an incredible thing. Like there is a calling to us where you are to go and be salt and to be light. And my hope would be as we reflect on this, on this thought, this, this color of orange, how people interact with it, that as we worship Him now, that something would be awakened inside of us. I've been praying this week that something would be awakened inside of me to go, I need to be salt and light. Everywhere I go, I need to be salt and light. Everywhere I go, I need to bring salt and light. Because time is very short but we have a big opportunity to use the time we've been given to make a difference for the kingdom. Can we stand? I wanna just finish with this one last thought. A little while ago, our staff went to, to Hillsong uh, Conference and it was this, this great time. Uh, all week I thought we were actually singing this song, but it turns out I didn't put the, read the run sheet right. <laughs> so, so I got here this morning, I'm like, hey, when we, and Mel was like, ah, has one of us made a mistake? I was like, yes, me. Uh, but I, I love this song we've been singing recently called See the Light. I don't know if you're familiar with it. But we, we were singing that at that Hillsong Conference where they were kind of introducing it. And you're in this room, there's 20,000 people in there. There's an LED uh, flawed stage. There's lights everywhere. It's this amazing spectacle. And moments to encounter God's presence where you feel inspired. You feel like you could go and be salt and light anywhere in that scenario. So much so I was taking photos of the production and sending it to one of our guys that is a contractor for us. And he was like, yeah, I've read all about that conference, man. How's it sound? I, you know, they're in this magazine. I'm like, oh man. Like, and they're singing this line, all of this for your glory. And I'm like, yeah, right on Hillsong. Like, you know, all of this for your glory. Could I have an LED floor? Like, could I have this many Adamson cabinets as my friend was informing me on what they were? Sometimes it can feel really easy when you've got all these resources and there's all these people around you wanting the same thing to be like, all of this for your glory. And, and I believe no shadow of a doubt that what they're doing is all for the glory of God. They're doing such a great job that some guy in Perth who doesn't even know Hillsong Church has read all about their conference. But I'm like, imagine what I could do with an LED floor guard. This is the conversation I start having. I'm like, that would look cool. <laughs> we could write all kinds of messages about Jesus on it and we'd shine it up and people with drones would see it. It'd be awesome. And I felt like God was saying, you know, moments aren't just all for my glory. 
but in fact, your entire life is. Like every time you step out of the house, every time you spend time with your kids, every time you bump into someone in the shops, every time you're doing something and you think no one's watching, but someone actually probably is. When you're driving your car through roadworks, there it is, self-confession. <laughs> actually, your whole life is for my glory. To shine the light of Jesus into the darkness. To brighten their lives. To bring hope and love and joy. And leave people better when you walk away than when you found them. Because of what He is doing in you and through you. Could I pray for us? And then we'll sing this great song together. Lord, I thank you. That it's actually you that calls us to be salt and light that that is a vision for our lives that has come from you, that's out of your word, that you say, you are salt and light. And God, I pray that us as your people, this, this, this tribe of people, True North Church, would be known as salt and light everywhere we step our feet. That even though we won't always get it right, that sometimes we'll make mistakes, sometimes we'll fall short. It'll, it'll always feel like we can't do it by ourselves, but Lord, I'm so thankful we don't have to because we do it with you. And so God, I pray this morning that there would be an awakening in my life, that there would be an awakening in the, the life of your people. To be people of boldness and creativity in their world. That we would see people turn towards you, to see you maybe for the first time. Lord, the broken, come to know you because of the salt and light of your people. Lord, right now we, we worship you, we praise you. And as we sing this song, we pray that you would move amongst us, that you would move in our hearts, that you would awaken our hearts to see the world the way you see it, to bring that adventure, that vitality, that energy into our world. We thank you, Lord, and we praise you. Come on, let's sing.